Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Subtle Interference. I'm your host, Bob. I'm your other host, Alex. Joining us today, special guest, Erica. Hi. Welcome back. Thanks. We missed you. No, you didn't. I mean, it's nice of you to say, but no, you didn't. I, I did. I can't speak for Bob. Maybe he didn't. The sentiment In fact, is I nice. guess I know he didn't. The sentiment is nice. Thank you. <laughs> so what's going on today, Alex? Well, you know, I wanted to start off on something <laughs> sure to rile Erica up. I'm already in a the, bad mood, Alex. Perfect. <laughs> Even better. It's way better Thanks, podcasting, Alex. Then. I texted you about this, but the Emmy nominations came out. Oh, I'm like, it was hysterical. I hear finish what you're saying. Cause I had well, Game of, of Thrones got like 9,000 Emmy nominations, and I was getting everyone got nominated for everything. People who weren't even in the season have been nominated. I don't remember if it was today or if it was yesterday, but I was going in to like put my lunch away this morning. I think it was this morning. Because when were they announced? Yesterday? I think so. So it must have been today. Uh, and this one guy who listened to our podcast, uh, uh, Beyond the Red Waste, who would always come over after on Mondays after the episode, or we're like passing each other, and he's like, "Did you see that shit?" And I'm like, "Dude, I, I it, it's, it's ridiculous." But of course, that was gonna happen, because none of this shit is based on any kind of merit. Well, what are they getting like the career achievement awards like That's, for the whole show? It's like when Martin Scorsese got the Oscar for The Departed, when he should have got it for Goodfellas. They're like, "We're sure. sorry, we fucked up." Here's the, 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 we're sorry. At like least The Departed was a great movie, too. It was. It was. But he should have won for Goodfellas. Goodfellas is a great fucking movie. Sure. But. Is it? How dare you? He's never seen it. I think, was it today or yesterday was like the 30 year anniversary of Robocop? Ooh, was it? Nice. I think so. Wait, is that not a great movie, Bob? Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen much of RoboCop. We've got to rewatch that shit. It's been a minute. I know, Alex. <laughs> Do you remember it was maybe... This not- man lives with you. I know. It was last year where we were getting Bob uh, caught up on shit. We had him sit down and watch Commando. Oh, uh, we had him watch Time Cop. There was a lot of shit he hadn't seen. There's still a lot of shit he hasn't seen. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just going to keep bouncing all over the place. We'll come back to Game of Thrones, but since we're here... I saw a forum thread the other day on this forum, and it was about, like, which Arnold Schwarzenegger character would win in a battle royale. Ooh. And Ooh, that's a great I think one. most people were in agreement. It's John Matrix from Commando. I think you, you go John Matrix or you go, um, what's the character from Predator? Yeah, no, John Matrix would kill him. Is it but Dutch? He's Dutch in yeah, Predator, right? The one I think that people thought had a chance against John Matrix was the character from Last Action Hero because he has hero luck as a power. Like, legitimately, I fucking love that movie. There's a lot of great Schwarzenegger movies. Last Action Hero, though, I feel like is one of those ones where people were kind of like, eh, take it or leave it. I fucking adore that movie. You know who else is in that shit? Charlie Dance is in that shit, and it's great. Someone was like, well, John Matrix wouldn't be able to kill the Predator because, you know, you need a rocket launcher. So someone posted a picture of John Matrix holding a rocket rocket launcher. launcher? Yeah. (laughs) No, John Matrix could totally kill the Predator. That's like not even an argument worth having. 
Because it's like, oh, could he do that? Yes. Yeah, you bring up like a bunch of, there's like a bunch of them. Like the, what was it like? The, was it the T-100 from Terminator or what was he? Or 1000, whatever He was, he was. the T-800. It's the T-1000 in T-2. Okay. So either way, he would, John Matrix would easily kill those jobbers because they've lost battles <laughs> to like everyone in existence. I will also say I did see the Terminator trailer. Cautiously optimistic. Uh, wait. The new one. I think I've seen the trailer for that. What happens in it? When oh yeah, with the uh, with the with the woman from um, *Halt and Catch Fire*. What's her name? I don't know. I've never seen that show. Oh man, that's a great TV show. That should have won some fucking Emmys. Well, here's the other thing. You want to talk about the Emmy nominations? I know it's kind of a running joke with it now, but it's always Sunny doesn't win something or even get nominated for that final episode last year. Go fuck yourself. How's that? Well, look, I'm not going to pretend like I really actually don't watch that Dutch TV. So I don't really know like what's great or what deserves to win Emmys because I'm not watching everything. But I don't think the people who are doing the nominations for the Emmys are watching everything either. Because I have to imagine there was a better supporting actress than no offense to Gwendolyn Christie and Lena Hetty. They weren't even in the last season, and they're getting Best yeah. Supporting Actress nods. Well, the whole Especially Le- Lena Headey, or if I'm, I'm sorry if I'm butchering her name. It's Lena Headey, but whatever. Okay, anyway. Cersei. Cersei. <clears throat> yeah. Cersei, all she did in the last season was stand on a fucking uh, balcony and look over the city as everyone got killed. She had like four lines. And she made her money. She made sure, her million I'm not, an episode. I'm not bashing her. No, 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 no. It just doesn't make sense that she would be nominated. Best Supporting Actress? Well, to and what, I, what the also, railing? What also annoys me, <laughs> hey, that railing was a really good scene, partner. Annoys me is why are there, like, that entire category is dominated by, like, Game of Thrones actresses. Like, that's not fair. It should be one actor or actress per category yeah, from two a show. max. Yeah, that drives me crazy. At the it, Oscars, too. And I haven't watched the Oscars in years, but it's just like, come on, really? You no, know, at least I could see um, who plays Sansa. I'm drawing a complete blank right now. Oh, what is her fucking name? Jean Grey. Yeah, I can't remember. Everyone knows what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, what is her but, fucking name? Uh, it's right there. <laughs> I know the face. Sophie. Turner. Yes. There it is. Okay. We got there. If you want to nominate her for Best Supporting Actress, okay. At least she was in a large chunk of the season. Right. But... Gwendolyn Christie was in like one episode. And other than that, she swung her sword around. Oh, she was in the bit. background for most of it. Yeah, she wasn't like in the show. And that's not to say that. I mean, I don't know what you're feeling. I I adore her, but sure. Yeah, no. But not to win any awards. No. And then D and D or whatever they're those fucking dorks get nominated for best Weiss writing. And Benioff, no. Best writing? Like, guys. That was just a straight troll job right there. No, all it is, is it's, this is the prestige show, and it's HBO, so we have to, and it's its final season, we have to allot it a certain number of of nominations. And it will win every single one of those, Not like, that, that show is going to dominate this year's Emmys. It's not even worth watching. Last time I was here, Bob and I threw on that thing. Who's the woman on YouTube who does, like, the breakdowns and everything? Oh, Lindsay Ellis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she was doing something her. on Game of Thrones, so we watched that. And I remembered while I was watching that that I had never watched that behind-the-scenes thing that they aired after Game of Thrones ended. So I went back and watched that. And there Poor is fool. this hilarious moment where they're doing the table read. Mm-hmm. And as they're doing the table read, you can see like various actors and actresses get the look in their eyes. Like, oh, no. 
this shit sucks. But I can't say anything. Right. <laughs> but we're all going to go oh out boy. for a drink afterward, and then we're going to talk like at mad one, shit about it, but not now. At one point, the guy who plays um, uh, Varric. Varus. No, Varys. I've seen the, uh, the re- yeah, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. just gets the look in his eyes. He's like, <laughs> fuck this. He throws his, his uh, copy of the script into the middle of the table. It's like, F this. This sucks, and he just leans back and crosses. The, the his look arms. he kind of gets when he, when he, before he throws it, is the, the way the Rock looked when he was raising Roman's arm after that one Royal Rumble, <laughs> and everyone was booing, and Ro- like, the Rock was like, <laughs> "What, what, what is this noise? I, I don't recognize what, what, what's going I've on? I've never heard this except when I wanted to. <laughs> this is very strange. This is odd, and I'm, I'm unsettled by it. <laughs> that was the best when Rock couldn't hold back. He's like, "Wait, what?" What's going on? The look, oh, that, that I'm look. the biggest star the in the world. The look on the face was outstanding, Alex. No one's booed me in 20 years. <laughs> How dare you, Pittsburgh? <laughs> no, it was Philly. Was it? Yeah, it was Either Philly. Way. They did the, they keep, kept doing That's it like in the Philly same place. for some reason. Nah, Philly's a little rougher with the wrestling than Pittsburgh is. That's true. I mean, is Pittsburgh even a city? Wow. I've never been, I couldn't say. I don't know. I dr- I, you tell me. I I was there one time, uh, and it was just to change buses. So. And Pittsburgh doesn't have a delightful show named after it. So fuck Pittsburgh. How's that? <laughs> but seriously, you have a, a an actor who completely transformed himself for literally one reason on a show, and like they delivered that amazing final episode and nothing. Like fuck you guys. Though it's all that's been a show that's that was never ever gonna get like awards acclaim or whatever and whatever. No, because it means nothing. It's how ultimately many, just advertising. Well, and at this point, how many people are actually watching? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like it's been on so long. No, I'm watching it too, but it's been on so long. Most shows that are on that long don't really maintain a large viewership, especially on cable. I really don't know. So I wouldn't think that that many people watch it anyway. Like, to even, like, hit the uh, Emmy's radar or whatever. Well, the whole thing about it, though, Alex, is it is just advertising. That's all it is. Sure. It's like, look at how prestigious we are. You should watch more of our programming. That's all it is. Go ahead, Beth. Do more people watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia or The Challenge? I would think The Challenge. I'm not sure. The Challenge does about a million viewers consistently. I would say it's always sunny. Does at least a million viewers? I don't know. Well, let's we'll see if Bob can figure it out. Because even on cable, that's yeah, you got to be doing more. Yeah, than but that you're on here. FXX, which is a secondary station that people might not even have. I would have to think that MTV's coverage in the country is way better than FXX. I have no idea because we don't have cable anymore, so I don't know what the well. And there you go. The a basic lot of, packages you know, are, but. Uh, well, the whole thing is, like, if we want something, we'll we find a way to watch it. To go back to Game of Thrones, I thought, like, I was watching that behind-the-scenes thing. Did you watch that? I have not. I've only seen the little snippets uh, that she had and that Lindsay had in her video. Okay. And then I've seen some other little clips. So it was, it was, like, fine. It was a little dull, honestly, because they don't really interact with the cast all that much. Well, because all it was, Alex, is, like, don't cancel your subscription yet. You have to watch this. Sure. That's all it was. It was a lot of interact, and they didn't even actually really interact with the producers either. It was a lot of interacting with like the people who 
put the sets together or the extras. A lot of people who are doing a lot of the grunt work, I guess. Yeah, I say. find that shit fascinating. No, it was it was interesting, and I think that's always been a like the big takeaway from the season is I think everyone really truly did their best and worked their hardest, other than the producers. You're absolutely and right. they were just Coasted. done with it and yeah. fucking over it. Well, in that same uh, Lindsay Ellis video, she has that clip, a couple clips of George R. R. Martin. One where he's like, "Oh, we could have gone like." 10, sure. 12 seasons. Sure. The producers wanted to end it. But my favorite was the one where he says, because um, I wholeheartedly agree with this, in not only fiction and television, but wrestling as well, where he says, okay, so you have this this plot point in your book that you're introduced in the first book, but you're writing a 7, 8, 9, 10 book series. Mm-hmm. The internet hive mind figures it out in book two, or book three or something, he said. So do you just completely abandon that and try and think of something new so you still surprise people? Or do you just stay the course because that's the way your story has been going? Yeah, that's your story. You should stay with your story. Don't shoehorn a new story into your current story because it's probably not going to fit. Well, and I've talked about this not only here but on after the movie. I think Sheila and I just talked about it on Oof, I Wrote That. where, And that's fine. Sometimes the predictable story is fine. Yeah. Like, look at any, like, take Commando. You're watching Commando. You don't, oh, John Matrix is going to die at the end. He's not going to carry the day. Fuck off. Of course he's going to win, but he's going to win in the best way possible. Yeah, if he, if he like, lost the battle to Bennett and Bennett just wins and he kills his child, it's like, okay, yeah, that would be unexpected, but that would be a shit movie. But that sucks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you don't always have to be unexpected it can be expected and still be a a quality picture piece of media whatever i i think one of the things i i want to come out of a movie or you know a tv series or a book series whatever entertainment property i want to feel satisfied yes right and and sometimes that means predictable sometimes that means not um, well, I think the problem, though, is that every single piece of media now, like every single piece of media, feels that it needs some kind of twist or something unexpected. And it's like, n- n- no, please. Can we just be straightforward? No. Well, and that, and you have to set up, you know, sequel after sequel. and Well, that's the real problem. You know, and, and, that, and twists are probably a way to address that in a lot of media. And... Yeah, it, there definitely is the problem of, you know, after The Sixth Sense and how successful that was, you know, there, I think a lot of people felt like, oh, Well, that man. was, let's do the dumb Shyamalan twist. But then I, I forget what the... Even you look at that first season of Westworld, that was... I mean, people figured that out, but they right. stayed the course. And it, was it was still a, good. It was a great episode, season of television, Everyone I knew. Thought. Everyone knew. Well, I wouldn't say knew, because you didn't know for like 100% certain. You figured but something I would say was going on. 99% certain, you know, most people thought the man in black and what was his name? Charlie? William. I William, think. William. William were the same person and we were in a different timeline. Charlie is on It's Always Sunny. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's very, he's on It's Always Sunny, (laughs) so it's hard. Yeah. It's very hard. That's hysterical when you go back and you look at that. 
those early seasons mm. of It's Always Sunny, and you're like, oh. when do I know you old? You're so creepy. Fuck, dude, you're on Westworld. How did that happen? The McPoyles? Ooh. Um, but good for you, man. Make that money. But yeah, and it, that was the issue with season two, was they were so determined in season two of Westworld to have the storyline come out of nowhere mm -hmm. that the whole season didn't make any fucking sense. It was so muddled and just like, why? why? And yeah, it all made sense when the last episode happened, but you shouldn't have to watch nine other episodes to get to one episode that actually is cohesive. Well, and yeah. that's the problem, right? It's just, it's well, we're going to be confusing for the sake of being confusing. If they do that again next season, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, it's going to have to be amazing because I like a lot of the actors on that show. I mean, I think... Is it Evan or Yvonne Rachel Wood? I don't know how she says it, but she's great on that show. Uh, the guy who plays the man in black, he's great on that show. There's who a is lot that? of Ed Harris, right? uh, who plays the the black guy, Jeffrey uh, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey yeah. Wright, he's fucking amazing he's on that show. He's a great actor. Well, there, there's a lot of really good actors on the show when they let when they let them do their thing. Like, no, I mean, even when you give good actors dog shit, like look at the last season of Game of Thrones, you know, they they did what they could with it, right? They did their best. And with Westworld season two, they did the best they could with it. And, I mean. And that's not to say there weren't good episodes. There were some really good episodes. Oh, I will argue two. that the best uh, episode of the whole series happened in season two. That one that followed the uh, Native American guy. That was a good episode. I really liked that episode. There I were, that there were. The second half of the the second half of the season was good overall, and there were some great episodes. But it was like the first two or three episodes were brutal. Well, and I will like, say, really bad. The whole it's like much as you get jacked about like samurai shit. It was like what what was the point of this? Yeah, that was a big letdown. Same. Well, you know, I was thinking about this, and you know, it, it it's definitely front of mind because of Game of Thrones. It's like. If we when we go into Westworld season three, what what is my tolerance going to be? Like, am I going to watch it? Like, if am I gonna if I get if the very first episode is dog shit, will I give the second one a try? Will I even bother? Um, you know what? At what point am I going to drop off because I'm not enjoying the show? Well, Bob, since Beyond the Red Waste is done, you do need a new show to critique and podcast about. Well, we were talking about just doing like a general television one that we can kind of pop in and out of with stuff, you know? And that would get us to watch some shit because we have been kind of lax. But I'm rewatching yeah. Hannibal and that fucking show rocks. I haven't really been watching much of anything. You know why it's awesome? Because Chief is up in that piece. <laughs> and he's great. Hey, speaking of James Bond, did you see the news? That we're getting a, uh, is she uh, non-binary? I shouldn't say she. Are they non-binary? I don't know. I thought well, I read that. Black woman f for sure, pretty much. Right. But I didn't, I didn't see with. any People of People are going to get mad. Of course they are. Oh, they're so mad. I'm, I don't even care about the movie, but I'm all there for the anger. Oh, the anger is always the best part, Alex. Because <laughs> it's just like, okay, then don't go watch the movie. Why are you still going to the movie? Just and you know go. what? Look, look, if people really don't want a black woman to be James Bond in the movie Bombs, then you've sent the message. But here's the thing. She's not James Bond. She's just another 007. Well, right. Okay, she's not James Bond, but that's what I meant. I know. She's I know another what you 007. Mean. Right, right. You're right. Right, we're not like... Look, look. There's only one 006, though. Goddamn right. If they make someone else 006, I'm going to fucking make an angry forum post about it. 
Oh, he's so good in that fucking movie. <laughs> he is great for the little <laughs> bit he's in it. He's not in that much. He's not, but he's fucking great. For England, James. No. For me. <laughs> that's still my... I know I'm biased, but that's the best <laughs> Bond movie. How many minutes was it? How many minutes was what? I'll give you the same three minutes you gave me or whatever it was oh and it was like a minute and a half or something or yeah like 60 seconds or 90 seconds because he blew the bomb bond blew the bomb sooner than he was supposed to and that's why 006 got his face scarred yeah but you got the gnarly scar there it's a pretty great scar it's pretty bad guy yeah i mean you need that if you're gonna be a bad guy i was watching a video about goldeneye where they kind of talk about uh it's you know everything that kind of led up to its development and all that and I didn't even I guess I had forgotten because it's so long ago that game actually came out a year after the movie came out so it wasn't even expected to do well and it ended up being like the third or fourth best-selling n64 game ever well and whenever you bring up the n64 goldeneye immediately is brought into yeah. the conversation um and the ai was so intricate and it was a lot of like you know a lot of canned animations and a lot of like programmed reactions to what you would do but it was so well done that i guess uh half-life one was in development at that time i saw that yeah Yeah. and the developers from half-life played goldeneye and they were like we have to start over on our ai because this is just going to blow us out of the like we've been blown out of the water so we have to be better oh goldeneye so much fun and i think goldeneye was one of the first games where, like, you would shoot glass and only portions would break instead of the whole thing. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if that was Goldeneye or maybe that was Perfect Dark. But anyways, yeah. No, I feel like that happened in Goldeneye where you would shoot stuff. Yeah, you would shoot the glass and it wouldn't shatter. I just loved... At least not right away. I miss that style of game where there was, like, a simple version of the level that you could just run through and kind of do whatever you want and kill a bunch of people and whatever. And then on subsequent subsequent playthroughs, there would be added difficulty levels and there would be more objectives. Right. And there would kind of be a stealth way of going about it. And it would, like, add a ton of replayability. And when you would play some of those levels on, like, 007 difficulty... Those, that game was hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, because it was like three or four difficulties for each level, right? Yeah, there was serves. like 007, Secret Agent, Agent, and maybe one other. Something like that. Yeah, but no, you're absolutely right. Like infinite replayability. And then you've got the multiplayer on top. Yeah, of not it. even accounting for the multiplayer. Right. And then it's just like you're golden forever. Yeah, I. Uh, that was a great game, and. Perfect Dark was a good follow-up, but that game had a lot. Like, on the N64, that game had a lot of frame rate problems, though. That game ran terrible. Well, I'm curious, because I think they're doing a uh, N64 classic, no? I'm assuming they will at some point. So, yeah, I'd be surprised if If Nintendo wants to put that GoldenEye game on there, that's when Microsoft has the leverage again. Like, hey, you want that to be on the N64 Classic? We'd really like to release that uh, GoldenEye remaster that we developed. uh, come up-ski a little bit there. (laughs) Because it would be weird if GoldenEye wasn't on that N64 Classic, because that is one of the biggest games ever for Nintendo. It would be like Crash Bandicoot not being on the PlayStation Classic. Did you see? The, I did see in that Amazon Prime Day that the PlayStation Classic, which like comes with two controllers and a lot of games, was like fifteen dollars. We saw it at that Best thing, Buy like not too long ago for like thirty. That game, that thing bombed so hard. Well, again, you don't. There's certain stuff on there that you're like, 
How is this not on here? Well, I don't think it's only that. I think it's also that people don't have nostalgia for old PlayStation games. You know what I have nostalgia for on the PlayStation? The old, like, JRPGs. If you were to throw a PlayStation whatever the fuck at my head that was just mostly that and maybe a few other things mixed in, I'd buy the shit out of that. I also think when it comes to, like, the really old systems... And I guess this this doesn't you know this also applies to of course like stuff like the NES or the SNES Classic is it's just too easy to emulate these platforms. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to actually do like an Xbox Classic, and this is why it's like a big deal when Microsoft brings old games to the Xbox One with via backwards compatibility, because there is not it's hard to emulate the original Xbox. Right. Like it's actually I was looking at it the other day. It's terrible. I mean they like. People can't even emulate Halo. Like, no one has any idea how Microsoft has this insane <laughs> emulator in the Xbox One. Like, obviously, they have access to stuff that people outside the company don't, but it's still crazy. Because, you know, like, if you think about most old systems are well emulated. Oh, yeah. The original Xbox, people can't figure it out, how it was done. You know what I was playing the other day on the uh, SNES Classic? I busted out Donkey Kong Country. That's a great game. I, I really, really like the second one more, but that first one, that first one's a lot of fun. That game had crazy graphics for the time, oh, it too. It still looks beautiful. And those minecart levels are still a pain in the fucking ass, but... Yeah, fuck those minecart levels. But it was fun. I was enjoying myself. And I think, like, Mario and the Seven Stars is on there. I got There's a lot of shit on there I gotta play through. There's a mine... Link to the past... <laughs> There's, I, I think, I'm sure I've told you this story before, but there's a minecart level in Gears of War one, and I was playing a co-op with a friend of mine, like not like that, but no, no, right, right, right. But you'd be a... like riding a minecart, and there'd be stuff coming. It was kind of like a old, uh, like a time cop, like arcade game. It was Remember? like when they did it in Resident Evil Four. I know what you're talking about. When you're in the cart and like shit's coming at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. And you're shooting stuff and everything, and you got to make it through the whole thing. Well, I don't know if you've played much of, like, the Gears of War games and co-op, but you would get split up at points, and it would be like, you got to do this, you got to do that. And if one of you fucks up what you're supposed to do or dies, you restart. Mm -hmm. So I'm playing this minecart section with my friend on Xbox Live, and he just keeps blowing it, like, over and over and over again and you know at first you're like aggravated because something that should take like three minutes has now taken you an hour so no it just gets funny then right at a certain point it just became hilarious after he had (laughs) failed for like the 80th time in a row and it got to a point where i'm on the floor crying as he dies because it's so ridiculous we were at a party where uh you know jack jack had just gotten the uh I think it was the SNES Classic. Yep. And uh, we were like, okay, we're all kind of, you Gotta know. Throw me under the bus here. Drunk and bored. So let's throw on Donkey Kong Country. So Bob and one other person were playing it two player. And Bob got stuck on this minecart level. And he had like, in that game, you can acquire lives. Like, it's insane. By the time you're out of the first area, you have like 30 something lives. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So he's got like 60,000 lives. <laughs> and they're just <laughs> popping. They're just going. Because he can't get past this one section. And the other guy's, like, going through. He's, like, blown by him. And, like, a crowd has gathered. And we're all like, no, we really want Bob to get through this (laughs) minecart level. Oh, no. And it's just not happening. Could not get it. 
And you know what? There is some hard stuff in those Donkey Kong Country oh, games. Oh, yeah. There's some intricate now, not jumping. Like, not like the first level of the whole game, mind you. <laughs> but It wasn't there the is, first level. It was pretty deep in, but... There well, is some hard stuff. Well, think about just games from, like, the 90s. Oh, yeah. Were impossible. Harder. Yeah, way They were so that. hard. That is the funny thing when a game like, you know, there will be like a new Dark Souls or Sekiro. Like when Sekiro came out, there was like this whole discussion came up again of, oh, should a game like that have an easy mode? And it's like, no. No, it shouldn't. Get your fucking big boy or your big girl pants on and improve, learn the game and get better. We're not we're not holding your hand so you can see the fucking story. If you want to see the story, go look up a fucking YouTube video. Go watch a playthrough with no commentary. If you want to earn this beating this fucking game, get better. I I do I think my one the one critique I'll have of that is it would be better like I would like games like that so much more if there was a better tutorial for the mechanics. So you don't have to learn the mechanics just by trial and error. See, but I, I don't have a problem with that because I think those games, especially that, uh, what was it, Dark Souls 3? Yeah, a lot of the Souls, the From Software games, they purposefully don't hold your hand. Well, and I like because it teaches you how to play the game as you go and it ramps up the difficulty as you go. So you may be able to brute force your way through to, say, you know, the first boss or whatever. Hmm. But once you get there... You got to learn the cadence of the game, or you're going to get your ass handed to you. Yeah, and look, when I first that was played, Bloodborne, I think. Right? When, yeah, yeah, when I, when I first played Bloodborne, I hadn't played any of the Dark Souls or any of the other stuff, so like that. So when I first played Bloodborne, I was pissed. You know, I'm like, I'm playing like shit right now. I'm getting too aggressive. I'm not seeing the openings, and I'm just being an asshole. Alex, and I'm, I'm I, struggling so much. It was like three hours of anguished screaming. I couldn't get past, you know, that le- that part. It's right in the first area. It's like two with the bonfire, in. and they're with all the bonfire. It. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I should be I able died to. A lot there. I should be able to brute force my way through this. No, 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 no. You cannot. You need to figure that shit out. And you know what happens? Like for me. And this obviously won't apply to everyone, but for me, I struggled a lot in that opening area. I died a lot. There was a side room where there was like one big fucking guy and he was slow, but if he hit you, he'd like one shot like kill you. bricks in his hands or something. Yeah, yeah, that guy was an asshole. And I died a bunch to him. I lost a bunch of souls. This is before I even understood the whole mechanic of going to spend your souls to gain levels to become stronger. Oh, right, because you can't do that until you beat the first boss. Right, so I'm running around, and my character's weak. I don't understand how to play the game, and I was fucking aggravated. And I was like, did I make a mistake buying this game? Like, I'm sucking. But you know what? I got better. I improved. I learned. And what started to happen was there would be a lot of boss fights throughout the game that I would just smoke. Like, I would, like, one-shot them, no problem on with my day and then i talked to other people and they're like dude i died to that boss like 40 times and i'm like really i didn't think that was like that it's because hard people don't want to learn the cadence of the boss they think you could just run up and brute force fist yeah. like you do with every other game but if you go back and you look at like say a donkey kong country that doesn't have a tutorial level that just throws you right in that's yeah, like good, okay figure it out good games will don't necessarily need a tutorial they teach you, you how to play as yeah you, go. you should be able to kind of like figure things out 
assuming the game isn't convoluted. And if it's so convoluted that you can't figure it out on your own, then that's a failure of design. Or no, if it's a well-designed game, it teaches you the mechanics that you need to learn, and then it'll ramp those up and like take that basic con- concept, but make it more difficult as you go. Yeah. But it'll make sure you know it before you get to the really hard stuff. I disagree because I just I just tell me what the fucking controls are. The, I I mean I I don't need I don't need a drawn out tutorial. I would just like something that. But just did a, you have that feeling when you played Donkey Kong Country? Because that doesn't te- that doesn't show you anything. Yeah, but there's four buttons on that entire controller. Well, Bloodborne, for example, though, didn't have a tutorial, but the first time you go to that Hunter's, uh, Hunter's workshop or the Hunter's Dream, yeah, uh, there are all those like papers on the ground that when you click on them, they tell you the buttons. So they do tell you the buttons in that game. I still found it annoying. You just didn't want to learn, Bob. You wanted it to be easy. You wanted it to just come to you. And you did very well. You did very well in the little bit you played. But you did hit the brick wall of a giant werewolf that was going to kill you over and over again. I will say even something like Stardew Valley doesn't like tell you everything that you need to know. you got to figure that shit out for yourself through trial and error. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like I that like, kind of shit. I, I like games that are challenging as long as they're fair. I don't like stuff that feels like a cheap bullshit mechanic where you're just killing me because you just want to kill me. Like, I was... I went back and I was trying. I was playing Monster Hunter World because I wanted to see like some of the stuff they had added since mm-hmm. I had stopped playing it. And they added this Witcher Three side mission where Geralt is like teleported into the world of Monster Hunter, <laughs> and he's sure. fighting. Yeah, whatever. Right, whatever. And he's fighting uh, this monster, the Leshen, I think it was called, from the Witcher series. And the first time you fight it, the boss is, like, hard, but he's not impossible or anything. But then the next time you fight him and it's a stronger version, the boss just feels cheap and he's not fun to play against. And his attacks are, like, AOE attacks that hit a six-mile radius. And there's, like, not even a dodge involved. Like, it's just, it was all this stuff that just felt cheap and it wasn't fun to engage with. And, like, you could design any game in a way where you could just make it difficult by just introducing a bunch of bullshit that's really, like, basically impossible to avoid. But then that's super poorly designed. Yeah. Super poorly designed. And that was, that was like, really off-putting for me because it was the first monster I'd ever, ever played against in that game where it just felt like bullshit. Like, there are a lot of tough fights in Monster Hunter World, but... That was the first one that really felt like total bullshit. The only other one that felt like bullshit was, I can't remember what the dragon's name was, but it had this mechanic where it would put down like tornadoes and you could just basically get unlucky where like you would be up against like a wall, like it would hit you and knock you up against a wall and then it would put a tornado right between you and the wall. Ugh. And so you just, or or put, you were between the tornado and the wall. Right, I mean. so there's over a few. So go. you literally can't get away. You can't dodge out of it. That's annoying. You just die. And See, that reminds me, and this I thought was well designed in the first Kingdom Hearts when you're fighting, I think it's Maleficent in her dragon form. She would have an like, area of effect tap where she would like lay that green fire down like all over the arena you were in. Mm-hmm. 
but you were always able, like, if you knew where to look, you could get to a spot where there wasn't any, so you could, like, run up and attack her after it cleared. Now, I have a question for both of you. Do you prefer a game that forces you to learn the specific way to do that it wants you to do it, or a game that lets you f- do it you, the way you want that you're more comfortable with doing it? I think it depends on the game. Like, could you give me an example of a game that does each thing? So, like, a game that lets you play uh, the way you kind of you want to, like, is Assassin's Creed. You okay. Know, um, it's supposed to be a stealth game, but if you're not really in the stealth, you could stealth, just run through and just kill everyone, right? It, like, or, or like uh, the Mass Effect games, and you pick a class, and each class has a different, you know, skill set, and you can win the game with any class. You know, it's just however you prefer to play. Um, versus, say, I don't know, like, uh, what was that? S- stupid game um what's the hyrule warriors dynasty warriors Mm -hmm. there's really only one way to play that game well i think maybe an example of a game that i could think of where there's kind of really only one way to do it would be something like most of the 3d zelda games like Mm -hmm. ocarina of time right because if you go and do a boss battle in ocarina of time you kind of have to do the mechanics as they're laid out you can't just like skip the mechanics unless you're glitching the game in some way which of course is you know if you ever see like ocarina of time speed runs the whole there's a new record for that that just came out they beat it in like under 17 minutes (laughs) yeah I, i find that stuff really fascinating that there's ways to pass through the door in that game to cause the game to load in different areas. Mm-hmm. I think that's very fascinating that the game is designed in like like that. Because I don't think that would be something that would really happen anymore. Well, what it, what's... So, I, I don't understand speedrunners at all. Um, but I do find it fascinating. Uh, and, you know, when I hear, like ocarina of time beat in 17 minutes and i think back to when i was playing it in the late 90s and taking me took me like a whole week yeah uh, with the guide like i had the guide too i cheated yeah well they're just having it right they're playing the game for a different reason though that's what they find fun is to break the game going through it and you're looking for those those little like glitches the one thing uh, that's kind of interesting with that is games done quick i watched a I think it was like a seven and a half, eight hour playthrough of Final Fantasy VII. And they had the guy who was playing the game. And then they had people who were commentating saying, okay, this is what he's trying to do. If he does this, this will save him such and such amount of time. And that was what was interesting to me. To go back to what you were asking about, Bob, I generally prefer games that make you learn how to do it. And, you know, it's also different, right? Because a game like Zelda isn't like a game like Mass Effect. That's a completely different experience. And I love the Mass Effect games. And they're not really about the combat. And they're not about learning mechanics. They're really just about the story and the experience and all that. Uh, And to a certain degree, so is Zelda. But when it comes to the boss fights specifically, it is about learn the mechanic and that's how you beat it Mm -hmm. 
I will say, uh, I think it was Metal Gear Solid, the original game. It, it's a stealth game. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, you're going to stealth. You're going to stealth or you're not getting far. And I am not a stealth game person. But you learn it, and it, it is very rewarding, I mm-hmm. think. What do you... I was going to say, Alien Isolation really forces you to play the game the way it wants to be played. I actually read something, or maybe did you say this to me or something, but um, I heard Alien Isolation, once you understand that the monster actually doesn't know where you are, it's actually like the veil is kind of pulled back. Because I guess the way they programmed it is the monster actually has like set patterns it paths in. And if you once you know those patterns, it's pretty. Easy it's actually not even a scary game at all. I read that. I've never played the game. I was playing uh, Dragon Age Inquisition while Bob was playing that in the other room, uh, which was infinitely amusing because of the shrieks and screams that were coming from the other room. Um, but yeah, no, I never played Alien Isolation. Mm. Yeah, me either. It's. I think it's a really good game. Um, they're they're the AI. Um, that they touted. I mean, it's debatable how good it is, but uh, you know, it's it was fun, and it was uh, what what was interesting about this game, that game, and what I think makes it worth talking about is people people complained that the game was too long, um, and I think average gameplay on how long to beat is somewhere around twenty two, twenty three hours, and people thought it was like five hours too long um and i think it's because it's a pretty stressful game um, well stressful and does it get does it get samey i haven't played it so i don't know i don't i never found it to be samey i thought the uh the sebastopol was uh an awesome environment um very cool i wish there was a mode that like you could just go explore the space station um, without having to worry about getting killed by the alien, um, but uh, it, it wasn't saying it was just you're you're just you're constantly you have to be thinking about even if like even if for instance you know you figured out the pattern of the alien, like there's no point in the game where you can really just kind of not pay attention. You got to be listening for the alien. You got to be keeping an eye out it's work um but i kind of like that because because there's a meta to it of you would be stressed out in this situation if you were really in it Mm -hmm. so well and i think it's if if you like that kind of a game if you're more into like the action adventure thing then you probably shouldn't play alien isolation yeah because you'll be bored out of your fucking mind i mean i'm just a homer for fucking anything alien but I think it would be neat to your point if once you beat the game, they would unlock a mode where you could just walk around and explore. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, because it's a f- it's an amazing um, it's an amazing map and very detailed, very interesting. But Bob, Bob the dog. You heard my name. Mm. What's up, guys? Are we talking about video games? You done, Bob? I am. <laughs> you seem done. 
Well, you, you just got completely derailed by Bob the dog. Yeah, it, it did. I did well, and I finished talking about Alien Isolation. I really didn't have anything more to say. Neither of the other two of you have played the game, so you can offer no opinion. I almost bought, uh, what was it, Tales of uh, Vesperia today, uh-huh. where I was looking for stuff because, you know, I, I tried to be a good consumer and not buy anything on Prime Day, but it, immediately this morning when I got into work, I was like, there's stuff I need, so let me do it now. Um... <laughs> You could have bought from other retailers. Yeah, I'd have to go there. <laughs> wow, Erica. Yeah, wow, I know. I'm just so disappointed. I'm pregnant. I'm going to have to go out and do stuff. I can be like lazy and crabby as much as I want. You just killed an Amazon warehouse worker. Probably. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, so, by the way. Yes. Bob, when Alex. are you going to go sell your Nintendo Switch to get a Nintendo Switch Lite? I think you might actually come out ahead in the transaction. <laughs> I don't understand that thing. Is it? It's just you can't hook it up to the television, right? It's a Nintendo Switch, but it can't be docked, and the Joy Cons are built in. They can't be taken off. So like, and it's cheaper. I mean, I get how much cheaper? Like significantly cheaper? Uh, well, isn't a regular Nintendo Switch three hundred? It was when it came out. I don't know if it is anymore. Well, I don't know, but the the light is two hundred. Okay. I. I mean, I have literally never played... Uh, that's not true. Like, if I'm playing a single-player game, I have it undocked. I have it as a handheld. Mm-hmm. But if we're playing, like, Mario Kart or something, yeah, you, I want that on the TV. So for you, you generally then would only need the light. But I like having the option. Mm-hmm. Did you also see there's going to be a release of a revision of the Nintendo Switch that has considerably better battery life? I did not see that, no. They're saying 60 to 80% better battery life, depending on what you're doing. Nice. Well, I I think in general, when I think about consumer electronics right now, all I want is better battery life. I don't really give a shit about anything else. How's the iPhone lasting? How many, how many, you, you go, you go into work, let's say the charge is full. Let's just say for the sake of argument, the charge is full. By the time you get home, what's your charge at? Well, let's see here. And are you charging it throughout the day? 43%. But do you charge it throughout the day? No. Okay, 43% is pretty good then. You could squeeze about a day and a half out of it. See, the annoying thing with my work is if you let your phone go to sleep, it kicks you off of the Wi-Fi. So I like have to leave the screen on. It's very, very annoying. Oh. So... Um, I do have a charger, though, that I usually keep it on. So when I'm sending you text messages of Minoru Suzuki uh, doing a fucking headlock to Shadow the Hedgehog, that's just popping up right in front of you. Like, it's like, oh, that's Minoru Suzuki. Usually. And he's choking out a video game. I honestly don't know that anyone on the floor of the office that I, I, I work at would have any idea who Minoru Suzuki is. And if one of them did, we would have to become friends immediately. <laughs> But I have a, uh, I have Macho Man Randy Savage and Daniel Bryan on my desk, and no one has ever commented on them. So, so I don't know that we have any wrestling fans on my floor, unfortunately. Losers. <laughs> Speaking of interesting things on desks, when um, I also have a D twenty on my desk. When there was a guy at our office who left, and we were sad that he left, and. As a joke, I bought a giant Winnie the Pooh yeah, and put it 
at his desk where he sat and we're like oh this is new uh this is new peter and it was just it was dumb and you know whatever uh then we moved to offices you uh, brought it with we brought it with I was actually I was gonna donate it to Toys for Tots or something after the joke got old, but it turns out they don't take stuffed animals. Um, Bed bugs. I, it, it makes sense. So we're like, okay, I guess we're just stuck with this gigantic Winnie the Pooh. Okay, so where we were sitting, um, there was an empty cube right next to us. So I just stuck it there and put it like on the seat. Um. And it sat there for like two years. <laughs> no one needed that seat. No one needed that seat. Uh, and then suddenly we hired a whole bunch of people and they needed the cube. So, but we're just like, we're just going to leave it there. So we we left it in the cube uh, and the new woman who is now sitting there put it up in the corner of her cube has never said a word anyone about it and we have never asked so there's just this Winnie the Pooh in her cube and it's every time I see it I, I fucking laugh it's the most ridiculous thing if I may bring it back around to Game of Thrones real quick first versus Victor Erica, so, Erica, Erica. Well, yes 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 thank you for sharing that with us Bob you're welcome Alex yeah, okay continue Erica so at uh, San Diego, they were going to have, or they're going to have a Game of Thrones panel, uh-huh. and the writers were originally scheduled to be there. <laughs> they have pulled out due to scheduling conflicts. So scheduling conflicts because they're huh? cowards. Sorry, I was just fuck glancing the, at the Twitter machine fuck those and I saw dorks. that. It's fucking hilarious. Fuck those. Like, come dorks. on, man! You know you ruined it. You gotta, you gotta get up there and you gotta just, you gotta take the booze and the hisses. Just be like, hey, look, we fucked up. Right. We wanted to go when ruin you, Star when you Wars. You dodge people forever. You're just gonna like keep it going. That's um, the thing. You gotta face it head that, on. Man. No, but that's the thing. What we've learned in Trump's America is just never stop denying, and you're good. Also, say racist things. Uh, and keep lo- raping people. As long as you never, as long as you never admit to it, you're fine. Keep the concentration camps going. That's very. I important. wish I was joking, Alex. I wish I was joking. Have your VP go down there with that fucking stoop uh, Lindsey Graham and go stare at the nice people who are in the cages and say, yeah, this looks pretty good. I love. No, actually, did you see what happened was his takeaway was actually this one facility is really bad. And that's why we need Congress to approve another four and a half billion dollars. Right. To keep just giving them money. Yeah. Just keep doing that because then that's okay. That's cool when we need money for that, but you need money for anything else. Hey, oh, uh, hey, uh. oh those uh, 9-11 first responders, Mwah, sorry. You know what's crazy about the border thing is, could you imagine how bad life must be in Mexico that people know they're more than likely going to be caught trying to cross into the country and they're try still anyway. trying. Think about yeah. that. No, see, but Alex, what you're asking is to uh, feel empathy for someone 
and that's not something we do in America anymore. Okay. We don't do that. That's my bad. Yeah, that is your bad. You need to stop. Because <laughs> it's a little off-putting. Just okay, so you know. Erica, Jesus Christ. Okay, I know, I know. Well, I do, what I, I was reading um, a column in the, the New York Times this morning. I was reading a column in the New York Times. Were you also smoking your pipe? <laughs> I said enjoying the New- a snifter of brandy. <laughs> I said the New York Times, not the New Yorker. Mm. Shut the fuck up. Anyway. Shut the fuck up. Uh, so reading a, 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 uh, an article uh, or a column by, uh, I believe it was by Thomas Friedman. And one of the things he was saying is people keep coming up to him being like, Democrats are going to blow this, right? Yes. We're getting four more years of Trump. Um, and... You know, when you're reading it, um, and I know a, a lot of people have problems with Thomas Friedman, um, but his book was very boring. Yeah, I tried. I Couldn't mean, your columnist for the New York Times are being, I, you know, right? Yeah, fair. Um, but I, I, I do think there is a point that the Democrats are focusing on issues that are very important to certain people. But I think a lot of people don't give a shit. Here's the thing. I was thinking about this on my drive-in today. The whole racism thing. We know he is racist. Yeah. Full stop. End of story. I think what gets under people's skin, and I'm not talking about the people who are for him. I don't give a shit about those people because they don't give a shit about me. So they can go fuck themselves. Even if you listen to this podcast, you can go fuck yourself. That's just my opinion. You probably think the same thing about me, but whatever. Um... The people who, like, have been living with racism their entire lives are kind of like, what, you fuckers are just noticing this now? Mm -hmm. And you're just bringing it up now because it's like, oh, look at what the bad man did again. It's like, no, yeah, we know. We're all all well aware. Let's let's talk about, like, okay, what are you going to do to fix it? Well, remember, what are you going to do to like build my family up so I don't have to deal with this bullshit anymore? Well, was it the uh, a congressman or or some, uh, some elected official in Virginia um, who was gay or trans? Oh, or, a transgendered woman. Um, and oh she yeah, won this was awesome. She cause won because she, she was running on an issue. Right. She was like, I don't like this one road in the town. There's like not enough. I I don't remember what the exact thing was. I know it was something like that. And the other dude that she was running against was just like, oh, her values and blah, blah, blah. And people were like, yeah, I don't give a shit. I agree with her on that, like, that position. And it does need to be fixed. So you clearly don't care about that. She does. So you old, horrible white man can go fuck yourself and I'm going to vote for her. Mm-hmm. Also, the, like, the, that, that is the thing. And, the, and this is how the Republicans have been doing this for a very long time. And it's only in the last like five years or so that their Democrats have gotten dragged into this full force because they're so stupid. But Republicans have been doing the thing for a really long time where they take some issue that actually doesn't affect anyone's life in any conceivable way and they start bouncing the, bouncing the fucking beach ball around. And they've been bouncing the gay marriage beach ball around for fucking ever. Mm -hmm. And that didn't work. That didn't rally the troops enough. It's abortion now. So, yeah. And then they start bouncing that beach ball. And so there's always like a new thing. And kind of like what you're saying, Bob, I'd be way more interested in someone coming along and explaining to me what we're going to do so all the roads that surround my fucking home that I'm always driving on aren't torn up for 80% of every yeah. year. 
You know, I it's mean, like you, you run have, on something that matters. You have to run on issues. You can't run on this bigger idealistic shit. Because here's the thing: America is a very, very racist country. Everybody knows this. Yes, that is something that needs to be fixed. But I want to hear some actual like, how are you going to improve my life? Mm-hmm. You and know, when you, and when you start talking about certain things like trans rights, which I'm completely for, give them all the rights, great, but. That's something that affects a tiny, tiny, fucking tiny percent of the population. I don't think it's as tiny as you think it is, but I, I understand. It's where super you're going. tiny. I understand where you're it's going. Super. I don't think it's super tiny, but I think there's a lot of people who are terrified to actually say that they are because they're worried they're going to get murdered. But okay, agree to disagree. That's fine. Great. I understand what you're saying, though. You need to. That's why I'm like all about Elizabeth Warren because it's like she's actually coming out with like policy and like you know this yeah. is how we're going to do shit thank you that's what I would like to hear yeah and it's got to be stuff that is going to um, that's going to appeal to your independents and your moderate republicans um, and you can't lose democratic votes no for at all you can't lose a single democratic vote um, well, and you can't waltz in thinking, oh, I got this shit. You should never, ever, 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 no. ever, ever, ever think that. No, and, you know, just the the Republicans have done way too good with the wedge issues. You know, gerrymandering is such a problem. Um, it's not going away anytime soon. No. Fucking super- but that's the thing. They under- As much as you may hate Mitch McConnell, and I do, fuck that guy. He gets it. He was like, I don't give a shit about the presidency. I care about the courts. Mm-hmm. I care about the Supreme Court. So, yeah, you don't get your justice. Oh, Republican comes in and he's picking it off the Heritage Foundation list? Cool with that. Works for me. Yep. Yeah, people could say whatever they want. Mitch McConnell's a huge asshole, but he's also extremely effective. Yep. And yeah. very, very, very good at his job. And we could only wish that like Nancy Pelosi was like one percent as effective as Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I understand like what I read today, she's trying to get a uh, two year budget passed so they can't do the whole hold the government hostage during the election cycle next year. So that's one of the reasons why she's not, you know, barreling forward with impeachment shit. Like, I kind of understand where she's coming from, but at the same time, it's like, you guys have to do something. Either do something, or let's not even talk about it anymore, and let's focus on other shit. You know? Yeah, well, they should stop talking about it, because the impeachment thing, it's all it's going to do is rally support to Trump. That's all that will accomplish at the end of the day. Excuse me. Either do it or don't. Shit or get off the pot. That that's kind of my. T- I think there's a lot of good that can come from an impeachment, but um, I do as well. But uh, you need to do you need you to do, it do or something don't. or don't. Well, and I think that's that more than anything speaks to how dysfunctional the Democratic Party is. They they have their you know their junior members do not believe in the leadership, and they're not willing to get behind them. And I mean, I. I you know, I don't blame them. I, I don't blame the junior members. I blame the old. I, I blame the old guard. 
if Howard Dean and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer can't get the entire party behind them, you gotta get, you get go away. Yeah, go. Away. You failed. You failed. Go away. And you know, I honestly, I don't care if it's Democrats or the Green Party, whoever. I, but something you gotta do something with this uh, to to get against this fucking Republican Party. It's just, it's so destructive. It's so destructive, and I don't know. Well, and I don't have any issue with them calling out racism where they see it. I, I don't take issue with that, but I also think that you have a lot of people in this country who are like, well, I say stuff like all that all the time, and I'm not a racist, even though they very much so are. Because it's not about having like hateful thoughts. It's the very idea of being labeled a racist that people have a problem with. Mm-hmm. Well, and they don't, if you racist equals bad person, just yes, that is something I think well, we can all agree on. And people don't like seeing themselves or being called a bad person. Well, and and I think the problem you run into is you get you turn people who are intolerant and tiptoe on that racist line um, because they don't have experience with you know, the black community or the Hispanic community, whatever, and they don't get it. And I and I grew up in a place like that where you, you just don't know. And that doesn't excuse it. But if you, if you push these people, you push them over, to, you just push them into just full-on racism. They get defensive. Right. And now, now you've lost someone who you could have potentially enlightened and pu- just pushed them into complete obstinance. Well, I think also the problem, though, is you have somebody, and really the whole leadership, because I think you can argue, I I mean, to me, and this is probably wrong to say, but I I believe it wholeheartedly, if you did vote for him, you're either a racist or you're cool with it. And maybe that's not right to say, but eh, I don't care, I'm saying it. Um... Where I was going with that? Oh no, they feel emboldened then because it's like, oh well, the highest dude in the land, he gets to say this shit. Mm-hmm. Why can't yeah. I say this shit? Well, exactly, for sure. That would definitely make you think that it's okay. Right, exactly, because it's fine for him to say. But oh, Alex, I have dreams of the day uh, of the New York District or the uh, Attorney General just sitting there, their desk piled high, just just waiting with bated breath. We'll see what happens. When it comes to the next presidential election, I'm just so happy that it looks like Hillary isn't going to even try to run because that would have been real bad. Both of them just need to sit out. I don't want to see either of them campaigning or any. Just if you want to throw some money at something, that's fine. But you lost to that. I don't want to hear from you anymore. That's not to say that her opinion isn't valid or whatever. I, I personally... Don't want to hear from her anymore. To me, that's the most humiliating defeat ever in politics. Alex, we have talked about this multiple times on this podcast. If that had been me, I would have walked out on that stage election night and shot myself in the fucking head. <laughs> Bob would have been standing there like, I get it. Yeah, all right. I get it. <laughs> well, I'm not happy well, about and it. There, and there it. is a truth that America likes winners. And perceived winners. Yeah. And so 
Because what he she, is... She could never win. No. Now. She could never win. No. No. Well, and the other thing is, you had someone who the other side saw had ambition from the instant she stepped out onto the national stage, and they worked the entire 30 or so years to cut her down in every single way. I don't care what you say about Hillary Clinton or how you feel about her. That's just what happened. Well, and she was she was doomed the second Monica Lewinsky broke because there was always going to be tons of ammunition against her. Because either because if if she stays with Bill, well, now it's a woman who you know, is willing to deal with the fact well, that her husband's say, a cheat. Let's just say, as you're saying this stuff, that this is inherently exceptionally sexist. Yeah. Which is just the way that our country also thinks. Right. I mean, th- there, therein lies the problem of politics, though, and why it's hard for good people to be in politics because you have to think like a shitty fucking person to win. Good people don't really succeed in politics. Mm. There are a very... Are you telling me Jimmy Carter wasn't a good person? He gave up his peanut farm. I do like that people still say that. Like, Jimmy (laughs) Carter had to sell his peanut farm. (laughs) Meanwhile, Trump's like, yeah, I'm I'm not not divesting shit. Yeah, no, fuck you. Uh, But, no, you can't, you can't, because you got to think about it. You can't, you got to think about what it's going to take to win and a lot of times that means appealing to the the more horrible instincts of the american population i almost want to say hi john mccain but then we listened to that uh dollop on him and he was kind of a shitty human being anyway so well it's kids you have to be to be in politics yeah yeah you have to be i was reading something the other day do you know who Craig Sager was? He was a sideline reporter for TNT for a very long time I on, on NBA games. So he got uh, some form of cancer. I can't remember what he got. And at this point, when this happened, he'd already like remarried. You know, he had the the long term story was he had cheated on his wife with a Chicago Bulls dancer. Oh, lovable! So, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And remarried and everything. The so, lovable. Yeah. So whatever, but she was like half his age, just totally, totally normal stuff. Um, <laughs> but whatever, whatever, man. So he is basically dying, needs bone marrow transplants. So his son from the original marriage gives him two bone marrow transplants. And that's painful. The next day, Craig Sager writes him out of his will. Like, holy shit. You know what that is? That's how you go into the hospital and you smother the fucker. <laughs> well, you didn't know until way later after his father was dead. But That's 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 crazy. That's shitty like, is what that is. That's like, you better be in hell for that one. If there's a heaven and a hell, I don't know how you get through the pearly white gates on that one. Oh, you don't. You don't. Everybody's going to hell, Alex. I'm pretty sure. Everybody's terrible. If it exists, the majority are going to hell. Hopefully, it's a lot like this world. Oh, that's that guy. Okay. I'm going to say the name sounds familiar. So, on a slightly happier note, I went and saw Stuber. Oh, what'd you think? Thought it was good. I like Batista. 
I, I find Batista him... was good in it. I don't know his name, but the guy from Silicon Valley is was it, really um, good in it. Camille Namjani? I don't know. I'm probably saying it wrong. I'm a horrible white person. Um, but that's yeah, him, right? I'm not right? even going to try. Silicon Valley guy, yeah. But uh, no, it was, it was good. I thought it was above average. Oh, like, nice. Not hilarious, but consistently entertaining. And that's all you can ask for when you go to the movies, Alex. Um, a lot more violent than I thought it would be, actually. They earned that R rating. I mean, that's usually a plus. <laughs> but the reason I kind of wanted to bring this up is I saw that, uh, I don't know his name, but the reviewer for the Tribune, Michael, whatever the fuck his name is, He's been re- doing movie reviews for the Tribune for forever, nine billion years, and I saw he gave it one star. And I've always thought with that reviewer, he likes a very like he's like one of the art house guys, you know, like he likes like that type of movie, and that's like all he likes. And it's like to me, I feel like that shouldn't be your reviewer for a major newspaper. No, you know, like. Shouldn't if you have if you're just going to have one reviewer who always does the reviews for all the big blockbuster movies, shouldn't that be someone who kind of like likes a lot of stuff? Not even likes a lot of stuff, but can recognize. I I don't mean like necessarily likes everything like everything is going to be a good review. But I'm saying saying recognizes the merit in things, and it doesn't matter what genre it is. Yeah. You know, like even if it's a, a fucking gross out comedy, it's like okay, you know, this isn't really my jam. But, you know, I could see where this might work for other people. You have to be able to open your mind. Right. But if you're only, like, flying in and you're like, oh, well, it's not, you know, 2001 A Space Odyssey. This is garbage. Like, what is that? Yeah, I just, I, I read it. I didn't read the review, but I just saw the one star. It's like, go fuck yourself, And I was dude. like, one star, dude. Like, really? Like, one star to me is, like, bulletproof monk. You know? No, yeah, there's that would actually be like a zero star, but <laughs> whatever. I do. I love that 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 has persisted in all these years. As I your, should actually go back and watch your it, number one horrible not, movie. Maybe it's not as bad as I remember, but that is one of the only movies I ever wanted to walk out of. Batman v Superman: Cold Justice. That movie was really bad. That's like a one star movie. Yeah, that's a rough set. I give them one star for the scene with Wonder Woman. Everything else, fucking terrible. And just think back to, like, all the Amazon reviews. If I could give this zero stars, I would. That movie is so bad. We've talked about it enough on this podcast, but that movie is oh, so bad. Oh, we've talked about it enough on the on the, the, the battery of the uh, Team Boom and Knife podcast. No, it's just a bad, it's a straight-up bad movie. Um, that was, after that movie got made, all the executives overseeing the DC movies should have been canned. Do you bleed? You will. Like, fuck you. How's that? It's just the fundamental misunderstanding of the characters that's so galling to me. Why do you say that name? (laughs) It is so crazy that Christopher Nolan was a producer. Because he must have been very much a producer in name only. Oh, very hands-off, yeah. Because there's no way he was on set watching this shit because christopher nolan people could say whatever the fuck they want about christopher nolan christopher nolan knows when something's good and when something's bad and i guarantee you the moment he sat down to watch batman v superman colon dawn of shit he knew that movie fucking sucked i have a question for you alex did he watch it or was he like 
I'm good. <laughs> I think he must have watched it at some point. <laughs> he got about like 20 minutes in and he's I'm like, assuming eh, when they pay it. you like a couple, like maybe like a couple million or like $10 million, you just like throw your name on a producer credit and you're Christopher Nolan. You're like that big. No, you know what they did? They I sent think him, you at least watch it. They sent him the screener and he was like, oh yeah, I'll watch it. Could you, could you imagine like you go into a screener because I imagine, like, when with a big movie like that, they probably do a session where, like, you know, all the, the studio heads are the there. studio heads are there. Maybe a couple of the producers and the director. Um, maybe I don't know. But could you imagine sitting in there and like thinking, "Wow, this really sucks," and then having to read the room before you pipe up and say you think it sucks? Because you know, if you're the negative voice in the room, they will murder you. Oh, so you're talking like a, a, a the Phantom Menace screening with George Lucas type situation. Well, yeah. The only one who can actually be honest is the one all the way at the top. Yep. Yeah. Who doesn't have any fear of being fired. Right. Or, if they're right. like, this is garbage, then everybody else can be like, yeah, that was fucking dog shit, man. But see, you know what? If I, I wouldn't, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me. If I was in charge of a big operation, like a movie studio, I wouldn't want a bunch of fucking yes men. Like, I wouldn't want people to be waiting to hear what I had oh, to say no, to then react all. off of it. But, that would be the worst. No, but here's the thing, though, Alex. What you need, because, like, I kind of get it in a way, because I don't want yes men, but I want, I would want people who would tell who would be there to tell me how we can spin this to try and get our money back well not just yeah i don't just i wouldn't just want people who say like that fucking sucks okay tell me what we can do right like give me some ideas right. yeah what can we do to but fix this? don't just be like that fucking sucked you'd be like okay we could do x y and z because right. think about that at that point the movie's made right like well, now, and the, the other you, thing, but that's what reshoots you, are well, for. But the other thing about reshoots really is they are expensive. But if that gets out, if people hear that you're doing, which everyone always does, people automatically are like, "Oh, the movie is fucked. There's something wrong with the movie." Yeah, that's what happened with. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of Rogue One, but once that came out that they were doing reshoots, that like made the circulation, and people were all like, "Oh, it's it's going to be garbage." We don't need to do the Rogue One conversation. No, we don't. We've had it enough times. <laughs> Rogue One is better than all those other recent Star Wars movies, and, but that's a and, low and bar and to jump over. You can be wrong, so that's fine. Erica, we'll Erica, you liked The Last Jedi. That movie fucking sucked. To be fair, I was defending it right after we watched it. I have not felt the desire to go back and watch it. I will say I will watch yeah. The Force Awakens every now and again because I did thoroughly enjoy that movie. I think... I think um, Last Jedi is the only Star Wars no, well, besides Rogue One, that I have not watched a second time. Yeah, no, I just okay. I don't have any. Desire Meanwhile, I have watched A New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi countless times. It's also different things that you watched when you were a child when you first watched them versus thirty years old. You know, I had that same thought. We went back and we watched uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark not too long ago. I remember watching it, and I was like, I still enjoy this movie, but I'm very glad I was a kid when I saw it. Because I think if I watched it now, I, I might still enjoy it, but there'd be kind of a factor to it, you know? 
know, this is completely off topic, but before I forget, you know, I was thinking about it. I was telling you how in the Dragon Ball Super English translation, a bunch of shit is randomly changed for no apparent reason that I can't figure out. Mm-hmm. But but in that Trunks saga, they left in, don't shoot, he's not black. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, it's best not to think too hard. Like, about these could you imagine the layers that that line had to get through, and then someone had to say it but that on might be a, a recorder? That might be another instance of like the actors, like you guys, like read this, right? Yeah, okay. But then they'll change a bunch of other stuff. They'll redub music. Right. We'll they'll rename fucking, things. We'll we'll change. Yeah, we'll change the names of things to make them sound as dorky as we possibly can. But don't shoot. He's not black. That got right through. I, I will say I am confident in my decision to not go back and watch the dub because I watched the sub. So yeah, fuck. I'm I'm feeling pretty good yeah, with that. No, decision. you're so good. Yeah. I'm okay I haven't that. watched it either. I just watched like a few scenes. A couple and clips here and there. Enough. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm good. Thank you. Hey, I saw something today that I want to bring up Netflix. We still have to watch the Stranger Things season three. We do. Um, and we better do it soon because um, soon there's going to be ads on Netflix because subscriber rates are dropping. Now, the ads thing is just speculation. But um, for the first time... Is there a tier that I can pay where I don't have to watch ads? Yeah, probably 50 bucks a month. Who knows? But Bob, I would pay $50 a month not to watch ads. <laughs> you don't understand how much I fucking hate ads. But, well, what's interesting is... Um, so, if this is the first time subscriber rates have declined uh, since, like, 2011 mm-hmm. on Netflix. And... You know, Netflix is blaming um, the increased uh, subscription costs that they push through, which, I mean, makes sense. And there's probably a, 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 an amount of saturation at this point. Um, but it's one of those things that's like, there's also just like 500 different subscription networks there's now. too many. And I'm only going to subscribe to what I want at a given time right. anymore. And it's it's gotten to the point, like, I know, Alex, we've talked about a lot. Like, the whole thing with subscriptions is you sign up for it and then you forget and most people won't uh, cancel. Yeah. There's so many now. If you don't cancel, it's, you know, you're going from losing 10 bucks a month to you know, 50 plus because you're subscribed to so many different things. It can things be significant. That right. you're not paying attention to. Subscriptions only make sense unless they're super cheap or you're engaged in them. You know, like I've said before, like, I, you know, I'm paying $2.50 a month for Game Pass. At $2.50 a month, if I don't use it, it's pretty whatever. Right, rack on, whatever. If, if I'm paying $50 a month for something and I'm not using it, uh, that's a fucking problem. Right. Like, we <laughs> yeah. need to cancel uh, the HBO subscription at least until um, His Dark Material starts up because we're just not going to be watching it. Right. And we got Netflix again because Stranger Things starting up. BoJack usually comes back, like, in September. There's a bunch of shit on there I want to catch up with. Mm-hmm. And there's a Pacific Rim show coming out in the best, The best subscription is truly a VPN, and everything else is uh, very much ancillary. And I'll just <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> No reason why. Just, no, just, no, just no, throwing no reason. it out there. But 
Um, well, so so that could be troublesome for Netflix, and they could go to an ad model at some point. Well, I think the other thing with Netflix is they produce so much original content, and it's like how many like the the amount of money they're dumping is right, and how many people crazy. are actually watching this stuff. Well, um, and no one knows. Um, that's the thing they there, released their numbers. There, you know, there are some places that have made efforts to try and guess, but no one knows. Um, well, tangentially related to that, um, AP Bio was uh, revived today. Oh no! Um, to NBC Universal's streaming service. But Glenn needs to stay on. It's always sunny, or it's not the same. I know. God damn it! I know. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> so, probably really loud. I apologize. So you, I know it's horrible because that like, leveling the sh- filter. The show seemed fine. I watched a couple episodes, but it was like, oh, it got canceled. Okay, good. Glenn's, Glenn's going to be back. back for the next season. We're, we're back on track. Good. Because season 13, I enjoyed, but you did feel the loss of the Glenn. Yes. Dennis but, needs to be on the show. So, so AP Bio's back. Um, on the streaming service, and the whole thing. So, in the la- over the last, ever since Family Guy, it kind of feels like every time a a show is canceled, there it almost feels like the studios are doing it intentionally to see just to gauge how much actual interest there is in the show. Um, I would buy that. And so th- there there is a a bit to this that really feels like they're canceling it because they want to get more shows onto the streaming platforms because they probably think they can monetize it more. And well, they probably can, but you know, but think about it. Like, I mean, it, it goes back to though more, more streaming services you need. So here's a question. What happens with Hulu then? Does all the NBC stuff come off of Hulu? It could. It, who owns Hulu now? Uh, I think Disney has the majority share. You know, I would also... You were talking about Netflix having ads. And I would also remind Netflix that there's a reason a lot of people run ad blockers on their computer. Because ads fucking suck. And they're very intrusive. And when it comes to something like Netflix, you want to remove as many barriers to your service as possible. And the first time someone goes on Netflix to go watch whatever and there's an ad, they're going to remember that. And then the next time they go to think about watching something on Netflix, they're going to go, fuck, I don't want to get hit with that 45 second ad. Mm -hmm. And then they're just not going to use it. Well, I remember the first time I was watching the WWE Network when we still were subscribed and I saw an ad and I was like, Oh, are we really doing this now? Are you fucking serious? Yeah, nah. And your product is garbage, so no more for me, please. Yeah, I think... I did get you know, the 99 cents uh, for the three months uh, email, though, the other day. There and you I was go. just like, nah, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> you get that email all the time. I get that email twice a week. but <laughs> They're very desperate to have you. I have comments. heard they've been sending that email to current subscribers, too. Not even just canceled ones. Wow. So that's something. <laughs> But well, you know, Alex, the product is garbage, you know, and I think the thing with ads is 
when you're watching cable TV or you're watching network TV or whatever and there's ads, it's kind of like you're okay with it because you're paying for the whole service. You're not paying for X things specifically. And when you're paying for HBO specifically, you don't like getting hit with ads because I'm paying you for HBO. Exactly. When you're paying for Netflix or you're paying for Hulu or the WWE Network or whatever, you're expecting like, I'm paying you money for this service. I don't want to get served ads on top of it. That's bullshit. Right. Well, because Hulu, when they first came out, you could watch it for free and you would get ads. But then there was a tier where you could pay, I think it was like eight ninety nine when it first came out, where you wouldn't have ads. And I was like, okay, right on, let's do that. But then that changed because remember we we threw it on the one day and it was like there's all these political ads and it's like no fuck this change the tier I can't deal with this yeah well you know what was funny about Hulu at the start was it, you know like maybe each episode of TV maybe had one ad break and there was one ad maybe two and it was it was such a it was such a short ad break. That it was, like, fine. Yeah, it was, like, it would be more work for me to get up and go in the kitchen or anything. It was just, like... But now, it's, like, four or five. Yeah, so, like, back then, it was probably more effective at actually getting me to watch the ad because I was not going to go distract myself versus now it's... Oh, no, no, I definitely am getting up. I'm going to the bathroom. I'm getting a snack. I'm on my phone. I'm not paying the phone. Who are paying for these ads? They're not effective. No. No, traditional, like, TV advertising, I, I don't think it does anything it's anymore. Like, it's like when you're watching YouTube, and this doesn't happen to me because I have a YouTube app installed on my phone that doesn't even get the ads, it just ignores them. But if you're watching YouTube and you get hit with one of those 30-second pre-roll ads, you're not looking at the ad, you're not listening to the ad, you're staring at the corner <laughs> exactly. for five seconds <laughs> until you can click on Give skip Give me that ad. skip, motherfucker. Yeah, no one actually watches those ads. No, no one has any idea what's happening in those ads or what they're for or anything. I will say the only times that I might watch it is if it's for a trailer that I have not yet seen. And even then, it's like, fuck it, yeah, I want to watch so this video. That's something you already had interest in anyway, so that's not it's, even an effective No, 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 exactly. It's not pulling my eyes to a product. It's, yeah. Or I'll, like, fuck that, I'll watch it later. After I watch the video that I want to fucking watch. The only person ads work on is Bob when he's Bob mathing it up trying to decide <laughs> what he should sell towards another thing that he's going to buy. But it'll only cost him like $30, Erica. And then one day he'll sell that and buy something else. Bob math is the greatest. This is a great idea. <laughs> Let's talk about professional wrestling a little sure. bit, shall we? Let's do it. I don't watch. You don't watch. But I hear things. And I listen to recaps. I do still read the recaps because I'm interested in, you know, what is still going on. I just don't want to waste my time. Like, well, for example, sometimes it'll be like, hey, this match was amazing. You should watch this. I do want to watch the Alistair Black-Cesaro match. I heard that was good. I heard it was solid. Very and I strange, love my though, that Cesaro. that wasn't conducted under extreme rules at an extreme rules Yeah, but that's, that's not worth any of your brain power for trying to figure out Couldn't at all. they just... Couldn't they just call it an Extreme Rules match and then just do the exact same match? Probably. Wouldn't that not make sense? Okay. I mean, I Whatever. prefer Cesaro. I, I don't need a lot of gimmicks with him. I, no. He is glorious, and so is Aleister Black. Just let them fucking wrestle. But you could... Exactly. You could have said, oh, it's an Extreme Rules match. They could have been like, fuck that. I want to beat you with my hands and my feet. 
you know did you see the video from uh what's her name Lacey evans entrance at the extreme rules pay-per-view uh where we got a nice view of her kidneys yeah yes so i think what was supposed to happen there was she had seth written on her gear and i think they were supposed to zoom in on that but then she bent over. Ah. So instead they were like full on like right up her ass shot. crack. Yeah, yeah. And I just love when it happens. You just hear Renee go, geez. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> who's running this operation? And we, we all well know who's running and then the operation. What was funny. The other thing that was funny with Renee was the next day they did that segment on Raw where um, it was the one where Drake Maverick was in the hotel room with his wife trying to consummate the marriage and R-Truth pinned him for the 24-7 title, mm-hmm. which probably is like the best thing on the show is the 24-7 title I mean, stuff. that's what I hear. But they come back to the announcers, and there's the three of them standing there, and Corey Graves goes, should he use, utilize the small package? <laughs> and you just see one, Cole just stops for a second and just like, Okay, and he just plows let's, right let's, ahead. Let's move forward. And Renee just full-on corpses on this to the side. Like, she's <laughs> dying. So, Corey Gray's got a good line in there. There you go. But, it happens uh, every now and again, Alex. So, there was some stuff. One, I had heard Alexa Bliss was sick. And, boy, was that apparent. Because she looked like she had lost a lot of weight when I saw the videos from Extreme Rules. Like, she looks really thin. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I mean, she probably lost like five pounds or something. Well, that's the five thing. Pounds um, someone who's like she's pretty short. You can really tell when someone, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Alexa Bliss, she was quite unhappy at the reception her match got, got on Monday. Uh, basically, they were doing a women's four way. Oh, she was part of that. Yeah, it was her, Carmella, Naomi, and Natalia. Winner would face Becky Lynch at SummerSlam for the Raw Women's Championship. And because they have this new thing that there's no wrestling during commercial breaks because they think they're real sports suddenly, they have to keep coming up with convoluted ways to stop matches. Which is just ridiculous. So what they did there was every time there would be an elimination in the match, they would stop and go to the commercial break. So... The matches, you know, other than Natalia, all people that are terrible. And the match was, of course, terrible. <laughs> fucking shock well, and here's no the one. thing, though, Alex. Oh, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We'll continue, continue laying out the facts. Go ahead. So the crowd, after a few minutes of this horrible match, started chanting, this is awful, and started doing, like, the let's go Cena, Cena sucks, and CM Punk. They're doing all the random chants to make their disdain very apparent and look when you roll out three of your worst women and you have them work a 24 minute match with three breaks the crowd's gonna turn and this is not a surprise no it shouldn't be it shouldn't be the other thing though is you have given no one any reason to invest in the characters that are in this match now, I would argue that if you had, even if they're terrible, the crowd doesn't turn on it the way it did. Because if you care, you're not doing that. But WWE gives you absolutely no reason to give a shit about any of the characters that are... Or characters, I will mm-hmm. use quotes around because 
everyone is just generic and nothing matters and nothing means anything. So you bring out these, like, what did you expect was going to happen? Yeah. And that should be, like, seriously, with those four people, that should be a 10-minute match max. It doesn't need to go 24 minutes. 24 minutes with commercial breaks is insanity. It's ridiculous. And this doesn't take a genius to figure out. Apparently it does, though, Alex. Because it's just, and I don't know. So Alexa goes on Twitter and she's bitching. Oh, the crowd was disrespectful. And we want people to react, but don't be rude and all this shit. And it's like, actually, Alexa, they were respecting you. Because if they didn't respect you, they do what they used to in the mid-2000s when the Divas matches would happen. They'd go to the bathroom. They'd walk out and go to the bathroom and get their fucking hot dog and talk with their friends in the aisle. Right. They wouldn't fucking watch your match and shit on it. They're shitting on it because there's a standard. Well, and they know that this and can be And you don't better. meet that standard. Right. So if you want to meet that standard, why don't you improve? Right. Going I mean, on Twitter and complaining Na- isn't going to do Naomi's anything. the perfect example of this. How long has Naomi been working for WWE? I don't know. Like 10 years? It's been a long time. She's been there a minute. Yeah. She's been there a very long time. Naomi sucks. She's always sucked. And I know she's athletic, so in theory, she should be able to learn how to be a good professional wrestler. So to me, that's someone who doesn't want to be better. It's possible, but then who are they putting her in matches with? Who are you able to learn from? It doesn't matter who she works with. Oh. She always sucks. Alexa Bliss has had matches with fucking uh, Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch and all these people. If you can't have a good match with Sasha Banks, like, you, you suck. I mean, let's just say it, it is what it is. That's fair. It's a fair statement. It's like if they throw me in the ring with Kota Ibushi. We've talked about this before. Nah, I think Kota could get a good match out of you. Right! That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, if I can have a good match with Kota Ibushi, why well, can't... Well, 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 well. Kota Ibushi would have a good match with you. You would right. not be doing anything. Yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> Kota Ibushi legitimately has great matches with dolls. So, oh, there's a. I love. By the way, I sent Erica this text, Bob. I'm listening. Dave Meltzer, big wrestling reporter, does an interview with Kota Ibushi when they were in Dallas for this G1 show, and you know, Dave's a body, been, been a bodybuilding guy in the past, likes to lift weights. He's interested in this type of stuff. So he asked Kota. He's like, "What's the regimen?" You know, what's your diet? What's your workouts? Because obviously everyone can see you're in amazing shape. You've always been in amazing shape. And Kota's oh, just his like... His body is bonkers. Yeah, it's okay? crazy. Like, there's being in incredible shape, and then there's having a bonkers fucking body. Kota Ibushi has a bonkers body. <laughs> Continue. So, Kota's like, uh, you know... I kind of just wake up and I work out whatever I feel like doing. You know, some days I run, some days I lift some weights, some days I do legs, just whatever I feel like. And and then he asked him again, like, what do you eat? He's like, you know, I eat whatever I feel like. And Dave's just sitting there and he's like, God damn it, Coda. (laughs) You got to give me something. Damn it. (laughs) It's like, damn it. (laughs) Like some people just have crazy genetics. And that's all it is. Like, obviously, he had to work really hard to look like that. Oh, clearly, right. But I'm sure you could find other people who have worked just as hard and don't look like Kota Ibushi. Well, and when you say, oh, I eat whatever I want, I mean, we don't know how much he's eating. He probably means he's eating, like, a bunch of rice and fish and stuff and sushi. I mean, he lives in Japan. Oh, my God. I mean, there is also a truth, though. Once you get to that point, like... 
you're in a regime and you're in right like a, and like right. you're you're just so active and you're used to being that act like Coda says, oh, I just kind of do whatever I it's you know, feel like. For him. You know, he probably means I go work out for three hours. And I it's just... not, I'm, do, I'm not doing anything special because this is just my routine. Right. I wanted to go back. Uh, there's a match he did in Chikara during their King of Trios weekend. This is like, got to be like nine years ago in like 2010. It's him. It's El Generico. I want to see Ophidian in there. And I can't remember the, the fourth guy, but it's the Rey de Volodores tournament. I want to say it's 2010, and that match is fucking bonkers. I need to go yeah. back and watch it again. Well, El Generico, like, was glorious back in the day. He used to do some crazy fucking shit. I miss him. By I the way, I'm, I'm assuming Sasha must be close to returning because I saw the I pictures of her. That. She was in Japan working out with some of the Japanese wrestlers, and she had the purple hair again. So oh, I'm yeah. assuming if she's dyed her hair again, that means she's coming back soon. I mean, she doesn't really have much of a choice. Because I don't know why. I wouldn't think she would dye the hair unless she's coming back. I don't know. I don't know. And I mean, you said she signed like a new five-year deal, so. Yeah, it was a big mistake. Yes. Correct. <laughs> Not a great idea. Oh, and look, like, the, here's the thing. Like, they do a women's four-way to set up Becky Lynch's challenger for SummerSlam, which in theory is one of your like two or three big shows every year. And well, Becky's where, one where, of your big stars right now. Alex, may I ask, where is SummerSlam being held this year? Toronto. Canada. Yeah. So yeah, of course Natalia's going to win. Well, no, then that's fine. But my point is, Why well, not one that doesn't even really help you though, because... Becky Lynch is a baby face. Is Natalia going to be a heel and then go to Toronto for SummerSlam and get cheered? Alex, it doesn't matter. Okay, they I know, don't I care. I know it doesn't matter. But uh, where was I at? You derailed me, Erica. I think you were going to ask why Sasha Banks wouldn't be included uh, well, in Well, not that just match. Sasha, but here's like your raw women's division in general or your women's division overall, whatever, that – Becky Lynch, who in theory is actually your top star right now, despite being in a terrible long-term feud with Lacey Evans now, but her big match at SummerSlam is going to be Natalia. Like, Natalia's a solid hand, but that's it. Yep. She's got no charisma, total black hole of charisma. Like, I'm sorry, Natalia. It's not a match you can get excited about. And, and I was thinking about this a lot, too. Seth Rollins, to me, is a lot like Finn Balor. Great athlete, great look, great body, has everything going for him. Lacking a certain something when it comes to the charisma, to me. I could maybe kind of see that. And just doesn't connect. And it didn't help when he went on Twitter and he was saying all his dumb bullshit. Well, because it's like you drank the Kool-Aid, dude. And that is so unappealing to me. That's unappealing when you sound like you're an idiot. Well, because you're just, like, parroting what your boss is telling you to say. And I get it. It's there. You have to do that. But I I just, it, it I found it very off-putting. And, I mean, whatever. I don't even watch the show anymore. But, yeah. Well, and then they do that whole thing. So there's that. I think Seth is really missing something. But then they do that whole thing at Extreme Rules where Baron Corbin hits Becky Lynch with the end of days. 
even though it's not supposed to be man on woman violence in the match or whatever and that just was like completely ignored but baron he hits her with the end of days she's dead because she just got hit with a dude's finisher so she's Mm -hmm. dead on the outside seth comes in he's fucking furious he starts beating the shit out of him with the kendo stick and uh hits him with three curb stomps and pins him and it's like cool whatever he defended his Hit woman's honor and then brock comes out and cashes in and i don't think anyone was surprised that brock just like germaned him hit him with an f5 and one that wasn't like surprising at all but here was a perfect opportunity to me because you could just say like all you would have to do is just say it's the extreme rules pay-per-view and this is would be this would be like where they wouldn't do the thing with cesaro and uh alistair black like you wouldn't have a normal rules match you would say all the matches on this pay-per-view are extreme rules and then you could do something where seth's about to get killed by brock lesnar because brock's cashing in on him after a match where he's like gone through tables and everything and becky comes in after seth just saved her and saves him from brock and foils the cash in like you could just do something like whatever you want to do she low blows brock no, and then, alex that would make brock look like a pussy <laughs> and then seth hits him with the curb stomp we or something we can't have that. you could do whatever but my point is you could have done that thing where they like pay that off right away mm-hmm. and then you have like a win-win all around seth defended his woman Becky looks like a badass because she just stood up to Brock Lesnar. Defended her man. Yeah. It's like you you have the whole thing all around. It's right there. Instead, they just do like the most basic thing. And I have like no issue with Brock. I enjoy Brock. I think he's entertaining. But his feuds just suck because of the way he's positioned. Well, and it's going to be him and Rollins at SummerSlam again. Yeah, and how am I supposed to, like, am I really supposed to care about that match? No. Well, they want you to, but I don't see how you can. Who gives a shit? I've seen it. I have seen it so many times. I don't care. And I I know the argument would be, well, you can't have Becky, like, come in and low blow Brock because they're both supposed to be baby faces. But it's a situation where Brock's not cheating but he is taking advantage of a situation like it's a heel maneuver not only that but that would make sense if they gave a shit about heel face dynamics which they don't so i don't have an issue with becky jumping in and low blowing brock trying to defend her man i just think like that would have been such an awesome moment if becky would have like i don't know low blow brock and then hit him in the back with a steel chair or something and then seth comes over and curb stomps him and he retains the title and the cash in has been foiled Mm -hmm. and it doesn't hurt brock at all because he got jumped from behind and low blow nothing can hurt brock and it's fucking brock lesnar he's like one of the biggest stars ever in professional wrestling he's making ungodly amounts of money and i don't think he'd even give a shit because i know he's one of those guys that just shows up and he does what they want. And so if they tell him to do something cool, he does something cool. Right. And if they tell him to do something that sucks, he does something that sucks. He gets paid either way. He He's making pay. like a million dollars just to fucking walk through the door. Right. So what no, the fuck right. does he care? I'll show up there and I'll do whatever they want if they're paying me a million dollars to walk through the door. And yep. then you can get on this podcast and talk about how much I fucking sucked. <laughs> you know, I don't care. It's like, yeah, great. Right. I'm going to go sleep on my piles of money. Yeah, you guys have fun. 
fuck you. I don't care. But I just, it's nothing that I read, because every week I, I go back, I read the, the recaps, and I'm like, maybe there'll be something. Something that grabs me, Alex, where I'm like, oh, maybe I should start watching again. And it has not happened. It's 2019, and Shane McMahon's, like, the top heel in the company. That's so inexcusable. I enjoy Shane for what he is, but the top heel in the company? No. And Shane just looks like he's going to die in every match. Like, he's always got the... People talk about Brock turning red. Which he does. Shane turns, like, No, Shane looks purple. like he's, his heart is going to explode out of <laughs> I his I swear chest. to God. Shane, I mean, I'm not kidding. I think Shane's going to die in the ring. I mean, I really do. Like, people said Ric Flair was going to die in the ring. No, Shane's going to die I mean, in the ring. There's still a ring. chance, Alex. It can still happen. But, no, it's... it's I don't... The, the problem that the McMahons have always had is they always make it about them. They've always got to be in there fucking with shit. And it's just like, you guys are not wrestlers. I'm so sick of the evil authority figure. And it's, it's never just, and it's never going to end because when Triple H and Stephanie's kids grow up or Shane's kids grow up, it's going to be the same thing, yep. which is with different people. Mm-hmm. And then Triple H will be the one that's out of touch 20 years from now. Well, and I know people are all excited because they're like, oh, well, they're bringing back like Bischoff and Heyman. And it's like, who are they answering to still? They're still answering to Vince. It's the same show. I mean, maybe they don't have like, I don't know. I don't know. If I, I know Bischoff. Over. I know Bischoff isn't even there yet. But I don't know how much control Heyman has at this point or anything. I mean, there's been some things that feel very Heyman to Heyman-esque, me when I read about if them. You will. But like the whole thing with Mike and Maria Canellis, just that's a total Paul Heyman angle. I don't know where it's going. Hopefully, it's going somewhere good for Mike Canellis's career. Because <laughs> right now, he's just like the biggest loser Did of it all out time. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, Bischoff isn't even he hasn't even been there yet. I think he's moving to Connecticut. Mm. So I will say though, there's a bunch in the G one that I'm like stoked to watch. I'm just way behind already. Well, I heard Jeff Cobb and Ishii was awesome to the well, surprise no of absolutely be no awesome. one because Ishii's another one of those guys. How do you have a bad match with Tomohiro two big dudes with no necks just beating the shit out of each other, Alex? That's right where you want to be. Ishii's the best. I saw they put the Ishii. Goto match from last year on their YouTube page for free. Ooh, I love that. I love that, that, I love that fucking match. match. That's one of my favorite matches ever. That was solid. Just two boot, just two big dudes wailing on each beating other. the fuck out of That's each other. That's all I want out of wrestling. Um, uh, I heard uh, Sonata and uh, Jack, uh, Jack Zach Saber Jr. Saber Jr. had a really good match. You know, I was talking about this with our faithful listener, and he was trying to tell me that Seth Rollins would be a top guy in New Japan. No. And I'm like, dude. No. Just go look at their roster. No. There's at least seven or eight guys that are way better than Seth Rollins in every way, not just wrestling ability. Not that he wouldn't have like a good place like in the oh, mid he'd be he'd be a good guy. For and sure. He'd do well and he'd have great matches with the top people. For sure. But he's not gonna be the top guy. That's just I mean, like Okada, Tanahashi, Abushi, Zack Sabre Jr. Well, not just Okada. Okada in the shorts. <laughs> yeah, no one's beating Okada. <laughs> no one's beating Okada in the shorts. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> we could go down the list. I mean, I was looking at the roster page when I was having this conversation. There's like six, seven, eight guys that are clearly on another level from Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns or anyone like this. 
And then there's guys that they're right in the mix with, and that's like another 10 guys. So, But there's that's how your card should be. There should be the top-level dudes, and then you've got the mid-card. In WWE, you're all just mashed together. And then there's the one shining star that they want you to, like, love no matter what. And it just doesn't work. It's boring. I also heard uh, Will Ospreay can't, apparently can't use his music anymore. No, no? Yeah, I guess the theme song that was written for him... The label wants too much money for him to use it now. Oh, that sucks. So, that sucks. His name's in the music, but he can't use it. That really Figure blows. that out. Um, who was I talking? Oh, I was talking to Eric uh, about how uh, I, I'm sad that uh, Kenny Omega couldn't take his uh, New Japan music with him. I know. I loved that crappy Sephiroth <laughs> <You know, laughs> ripoff. AEW, I've been seeing, they have a lot of production issues right now, and they need to get this stuff ironed out before they start on TV weekly because you don't want to look like a rinky-dink operation. You don't, no, no. I mean, I, they still have problems where certain guys' music, like you can't even hear it when they come out, which is very strange. Interesting. Because you would think that would be something that you would, like, fix in rehearsals. but Right, right, right. Nice like, I've still time. never actually heard Kenny Omega's new music. It's okay. <laughs> like, it's so it's, quiet. It's, it's fine. But it's so quiet right, when he comes right. out. It's not the shitty Sephiroth uh, ripoff. No, that which was makes great. Which makes me sad. I can't believe, like... I can't fucking believe New Japan isn't going to work with AEW for ROH. Like, ROH is so bad right now. I mean, they, they have, might like, be no waiting one. to see, like, the weekly, like, show, but I don't understand why you would work with... I mean, I've never watched a ton of ROH. It just seems like they're very depleted now. There's just not a lot going on. New Japan could have their top stars on national television in America on a weekly basis. How much longer is the uh, the deal with ROH, do we know? I don't know if there's a deal or if it's like a handshake agreement or what the, what's going on, but holy shit. You, you would think you would want your dudes, yeah, getting that kind of exposure in I America. Just, I just pray they wake up one day and fix this because all I want is for Kenny Omega to just be dominating everyone in AEW. And he's, you know, one of those easy things you do in pro wrestling, right? Where you're in the ring and you've got the title. Nobody can beat me. I've beaten everybody. I cleaned out this roster. There's no one left. And you hear that coin drop. You know, <laughs> that's all I want in my life. Because I can't even imagine, like, if you're anywhere that's a wrestling stronghold. Oh, you and go ballistic. coin drops, the building's going to be shaking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even, I mean, I, you, I figured you were probably going Okada, but you could take that several different ways. Yeah, you could do it with a lot of people. I'm just saying, like, you the, the coin drop. The, the, though, big, the big match and the coin dropping for, like, Okada coming to get that win back. And Okada in the shorts. You can't beat it. I mean, he's never beaten Okada in the shorts. <laughs> so. uh, I do need to watch the, uh, the G1 matches, though. I got to sit down and just start powering through those. Yep. 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 Who 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 do you got, Alex? Who do you who do you think's taking it all this year? <sighs> Who's gonna win? Uh. Well, I think Tanahashi's already lost twice. I think Abushi's actually lost a few times as well. Naito's lost a few times. I don't know. It's tough. Interesting. I mean, well, who's got the title right now? Okada. Okada. 
I mean, maybe Jay White wins to then challenge Okada, but that just doesn't feel like a Wrestling Kingdom main event to me. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Unless you're trying to do something a little different. Oh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. I'd love to see. Maybe Ibushi will get on a winning streak. Abushi Okada would just be... That'd be pretty fucking rad. Unbelievable. That'd be pretty fucking rad. I can't even imagine the things Abushi would do if he was in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, he's going He'd probably to. kill himself, probably actually, would, so maybe yes. we shouldn't hope for that. <laughs> actually, Abushi should lose all his matches. I apologize. <laughs> we want him around for a long time. Because that fucker's like our age. I'm like <laughs> shit compared to him, man. <laughs> yeah, except he looks like he's 18. He it does. makes no sense. He's like, what, 35, 36? That was another thing when Melzer was talking to him. Because, you know, he took that bump. Naito did a German to him on, like, the outside of the ring. And he just looked like he killed himself. Yeah, I remember seeing pictures of that. And Meltzer was asking about that and just in general. And I think, you know, I think when you have the translator there, it's not exactly the same as just being able to do a regular interview. But Right. I Stuff think can get he, lost in translation. I think all he said was, like, nah, I'm okay. I know how to bump. It's like, it's like that is a bushy yeah, for sure. Oh I goodness. could just imagine when your neck's made out of rubber, just being like, "Yeah, I can just bump." Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Don't worry about it. It's good. You good? You got anything else, Bob? I don't know. We got the watch look. Bob's so. done. Oh well, my watch just vibrated. That's all. No, I think I think we're good though, right? We've yeah, been we've, going. We've been going, we've been going for, for like nineteen I've got, hours. I've got one last thing. Okay, I'm ready. That I saw while you guys were talking wrestling. How dare we? The uh, how how familiar Alex are you with the city of Berkeley, California? Not familiar. The most liberal city in the okay. United States. So uh, I guess tonight or yeah Tuesday night city council meeting. Berkeley became the first city in America to ban um, the use of uh, gendered connotations in their municipal code. So, so you have to use they. Well, so they have a list of how of how they're going to update the municipal code. Um, bondsmen will be become bondsperson. Uh, it's fraternal will become social. Heirs will become beneficiaries. Um, manhole will become maintenance hole. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, I mean, oh, fine. Uh, I don't know why maintenance hole is funny. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know either. Uh, master. Because why not sewer hole? Master will become captain, skipper, pilot, safety officer, or central. Was skipper gendered? No, no. Skipper is ungendered. Oh, okay. Master is gendered. Okay. Evidently. Why not just dominant then um what else do we got here I mean, pregnant clearer to me pregnant will become pregnant employees uh da, 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 da. <laughs> okay. watchmen will become guards shit like this we can just stop shit like this is so stupid i mean like do do whatever the fuck you want but seriously pregnant has to become <laughs> pregnant person i mean i don't want to alarm well, no, you said pregnant employee pregnant right? empl- 
pregnant employees. Yeah, I, I don't get how that. I don't. I don't want to like. It. I don't want to like alarm anyone, but you know, men can't get pregnant. Well, I mean, that's not true. Trans men can get pregnant. Okay, but that doesn't change your birth at gender. Your gender at birth. I'm just telling you, okay. trans men can get pregnant. So okay. I understand what they're doing there. I don't think pregnant to pregnant employee makes any doesn't, sense. It doesn't, at make, all. It doesn't, it doesn't make any difference. Doesn't up, I, I don't see how that updates things. To me, manhole cover to maintenance hole is hysterical yeah. for some Sounds reason. Stupid. Yeah. What what's even better though is that um, the caption in the photo that goes with this article screwed it up, um, and it says in Berkeley manholes will now be referred to as maintenance code. <laughs> and I was like, Wait, why not like what? sewer hole? Why 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 maintenance hole? But I don't know why that's just hilarious. <laughs> It's a hole for which you do your maintenance. Sewer entrance. Like something like that. That's hysterical too, though. <laughs> There's I nothing do, wrong do, with being more inclusive. I Good do for like Berkeley. I do like the idea that they think they're gonna like change the way people are talking though. I mean you can you well, can I mean, rewrite they didn't the say code. That. It's just changing the code, right? Sorority and fraternity will should now just be, be eliminated altogether because those are both horrible. They things. should be. Instead, they went for the complete opposite, which is make it as long as possible. Collegiate Greek system residents. Let's just get rid of all of that shit because it's horrible and paying for friends. But that's all I had. What was Ultra Instinct <laughs> called in English? Something stupid. They threw like another word in there. <laughs> what was it? Ultimate? Uh, no. What was it? It's really dumb. But they made it longer. And dorky as fuck. Are you looking this up, Bob? Yes. It's so bad. That's what this reminds me of. Maintenance hole. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even find it. Why didn't this just come up? Why did I have to type more? There's something really dumb, Alex. I remember like my brain exploding when you told me. Autonomous there ultra it is. instinct. That's what it. Yeah. Why? 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 That's Why? the dumbest fucking name. That's just like, oh, we had extra lip flaps. Throw a long word in there. And at one point, he even says it himself. This is autonomous ultra instinct. It's like, shut up, Goku. You fucking dork. See, what you need is an edit there where Vegeta just comes flying in and punches him in the face. It's ultra says, instinct, Goku. Kakarot. <laughs> Can they just have uh? Uh, a transformation that just makes them fat. Yeah, there is one. Mi- when that they do, to, yeah, when they make when they make a mistake, you get fat. Gogeta. <laughs> if they if they don't do if they don't do the fusion dance correctly, yeah, it's delightful. You know the fusion dance is an emote in uh, Destiny Two. Nice. You can do it with someone else. Outstanding. Just let you know. All right. Is it time? I have one more thing. <sighs> we have a minute and a half to hit two hours. Perfect. I thought we were going longer than that, honestly. <laughs> uh, you I were watched, talking I wrestling forever. One, I watched One Plus Man, One Punch Man season two. Yeah. I watched One Punch Man season two. We only got a few episodes in and then we abandoned it. First of all, the artwork's all terrible. <laughs> okay, so there's that. Well, no. that was one of the things that I was the most worried about was they got rid of Madhouse. And I was like, they were perfect for that first season. You're getting rid of them? Eh. Second, I told Bob this, tons of fan service in the second season. Like, 
I came out of nowhere because there's like no fan service in season one. Yeah, not much. But, and then there was one funny thing, and I think you and Bob, I think Bob said you guys had seen this, but you know, there's that guy running around and he wants to be evil and he wants to be a monster. Uh, Juro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at one point, you know, uh, what's his name? Saitama is just hanging out and he, you see him like he's walking around and he walks up behind Jiro and he doesn't know who he is that he's been killing. Is that his name? Dr. Jiro is in Dragon Ball. You're right. It's Garo. Garo. Okay. So I was like, sorry. I forgot. No, I I had that same thought and I'm like, no, I know this is like roughly correct because I've read all the, I've read, but yeah. So Garo's been walking around, you know, beating up other heroes and Saitama knows of him, but he doesn't know what he looks like or anything. So this is when Saitama's looking for... Did you see this where he's looking for the wig? I've read the manga, yeah. Okay. I know. So I just love the scene where Garo's standing there and he goes to attack Saitama for whatever reason. And Saitama just like blocks it, hits him with like a chop to the neck. And he's like, was that guy trying to like rob me or something? (laughs) And just like... Just like goes along. And he's like, oh, there's the wig. And it's like, <laughs> it's a great scene. It's the funniest thing in the whole show that I've ever seen. But the rest of the season was. Like I said, nothing. we watched two, three episodes and we haven't gone. Is back. the manga good? Because the show sucks. I really like the manga. I think it's probably better paced than the show is. Yeah. I, I Well, and I think, I think it does a much better job of like building out the world. Um, especially because like. Season one really like I thought they did a really good job of tying it to that story arc and um you know b- b- priming it up season or the the next set of volumes of the manga really b- are focused on building out this world and like what's going on with the hero association and then you've got um you know the monsters and so it's um it gets it's a lot more detailed i was actually i was a little frustrated with the last volume that came out um because it was one of those like nothing happened kind of volumes and i was oh, like, like the show yeah i was a little frustrated um but yeah i don't know everything i've heard from people who have watched the show i've just been like eh, I'll just it has the manga want to finish it oh and you guys kind of sold me on the show as like oh it's a subversive show and it's not like the other shotens or whatever it's exactly like all the other shotens that first season isn't though uh, yes it is. it's a little bit of a sunday it's always like he always shows up at the last minute and wins the fucking fight and one punches him or two punches him whatever depending on how hard he wants to try or whatever the deal is it's just like all the others where he shows up at the last minute to save the day that's the show yeah but that's the joke that's not the joke that's what all the shows are like all right, we could argue about this for like hours okay end the show <laughs> you end the show no you end the show hug me hold me tight
This has been a Puma Knife production. <laughs>